previously on Funny Science Fiction. So there's little things, like I put a box of ham dingers in there and like, Joel's like, yeah, we probably don't need those. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, yeah, but I, you know, I wanted to... Greetings, this is Lord Emperor Starscream and welcome to the Funny Science Fiction Podcast. <laughs> the podcast where the jokes don't matter and the points are made up. Our show is brought to you by our charity sponsor, the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund which supports the Witch Upon a Team Foundation that helps out sick kids when they need it most. And just imagine the comfort you will give red shirt crewman number five. He'll know that when he puts on the red shirt when the Decepticons attack, 32 days into the lunar cycle, that he didn't leave his family destitute and without hope because the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund has his back and his belt buckle. So our guest today is the highly respected voice actor, Daniel Ross. So glad to have hey, you, everybody. This, yeah, welcome to the show, Daniel. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we're that was excited. A great, that was a great intro. I loved it. Yeah, we have fun with that. We try and change it up a little bit every now and then. And I, I, I was raised a Trekkie, and uh, definitely no Trek. So uh, anything redshirt is is fine by me. Excellent. All right. Well, you'll fit in. <laughs> you'll fit in very well with our clan of geeks. All right. Excellent. So, <laughs> All right. So we do have to talk about uh, just to get started here uh, and get this off the table, because everybody knows uh, who's a, who knows you knows that you are the voice of Donald Duck. So we do have to talk about that five pound white duck in the room first. And <laughs> so uh, tell us, if you would, how you got to be the duck of the House of Mouse. Is there a story attached to that that you can share? Absolutely. Well, yes, I am one of the people who have been fortunate enough to bring uh, a voice to uh, our favorite uh, cantankerous duck from Disney, uh, Donald, and uh, I'm the third to have uh, officially voiced him in 87 years. So that that honor is just incredibly tremendous and something I don't take lightly. Um, but yeah, I, I moved to Los Angeles uh, almost uh, seven years ago. Uh, in the hopes of pursuing voiceover, and I quit my job, I packed up my car, I drove cross country, and uh, decided I was going to give it a shot, and within a couple of years, I guess I was just in the right place at the right time, I got the audition for Donald Duck, and uh, my agent contacted me and said, hey, you do the voice, right? And I'm like, yeah, yes, I do, and uh, she's like, all right, cool, here you go. So uh, I auditioned and I waited and I waited and I got a call back and I was so utterly excited, not just because of the character itself, but oh my gosh, Disney wants to hear more from me as a, as a green behind the ears voice actor. That was like music to my ears, a dream come true. Um, so yeah, I went down to Disney TV animation and I had my call back. And then there was another callback, and then there was another callback, and then I got the call that I got it. And that was absolutely a transformative moment in my life and my career. Um, you know, it was something that uh, was really between my mom and I. She taught me how to do the voice when I was a little kid. And, uh, you know, she would tuck me in at night and she would say, Oh, Daniel, I love you so much. And I would say, Oh, Mom, I love you too. And that was like our thing, you know? <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, just entertaining friends at parties and doing things like that. So, you know, to have that magic between the two of us, between my mom and I, uh, to see this come to reality has just been true Disney magic for me. And uh, yeah, it's what what else can I say? <laughs> That'll do it, man. I like it. 
That's a cool backstory with your mom. I, I, yeah. I guess very, it's both funny and sweet. It's, you know, it's, it's a cool story. I like that. Well, she, she likes it too. She likes it too. She, she likes to say that she's mama duck. Oh, there you go. <laughs> awesome. So Donald's voice is one of those iconic voices that I would say just about everyone recognizes. What is like the most memorable time when someone else like used the Donald duck voice with you? Um, another time somebody used the voice with me, I, you know, I haven't had many opportunities like that. I will say that when I was, uh, there was one time I was crossing paths with, uh, uh, another famous voice actor, Fred Tatashore, and he does an incredible Donald duck, uh, voice. So he, he and I crossed paths at LA studios one time and we both kind of had a conversation as Donald duck. So he was quacking, I was quacking, <laughs> Cracking each other up, we're quacking each other up, and uh, that was, See what you did that there. was a lot of fun. Uh, but it, it's a very difficult voice uh, for people to do, and so I don't know. A lot of people don't don't tend to do it, um, and if they do, it's you know it's it's in context. So we try to have fun with it as best we can. Nice. I used to I used to try to do a uh, I call it the Donald Duck sneeze I, towards one of my dogs. <laughs> And my dog just thought that was the greatest thing ever. So uh, it was pretty entertaining. How, how did yours go? You can't just bring it up and not do it. Well, I was hoping to. Uh, let's see. That's as close as I'm going to get. So give it, give it some buildup. Yeah, see that? Then that's why you do the voice right there. That's why you get paid for it, and I just do it to my dogs. See. <laughs> Well, interesting thing, you know, when I moved to Los Angeles, I never had any intention of being able to use that voice in context. I always figured I have to reappropriate it or do something else with it. So I actually used the voice to bark like a pug. So so my Donald voice was, you know, that's what I was, that's what I'm like, you know what, that's what I'll use it for somehow, some way I'll use it for that. And, uh, you know, uh, that, that was, uh, something else that I sometimes use that for. I love it. Especially if a dog comes running at me, if I'm jogging and a dog comes running, I just look at him and go, and they go, huh? they stop in their tracks. You're like, what? Did you communicate with me? The human speaks. <laughs> I can't tell if that was a dog or a duck. A little bit of, yeah, a little bit of both. Can't hurt. All right, so Dan, you have a long list of movies and shows that, to your credit, I, you know, we try to do our due diligence, look up your your information on IMDb, things like that. Um, I want to take a minute though to talk about uh, a couple things that are Star Trek related that you had on your your list. So there's Trek off, and then you also lended your voice, lended lent your voice. So let's go with that. Let's try to use proper English today. Uh, you lent your voice to a Star Trek video game. Now you already answered half of my question for me earlier. You said that you grew up on all things Star Trek. I was going to ask if that was just a job for you or if that had a passion to it as well. It's clear that you, that you have a passion for, for all things Star Trek. So let me ask you this instead. What is your favorite Trek memory? What's what, you know, going back over all things, because I'm not a huge Trek fan, but I can look back and tell you that absolutely positively, my two favorite things from Star Trek universe are the episode called Space Seed, where we get to meet Khan, and then yes. the Wrath of Khan, the, the movie. I love that storyline, and I wish there was more to it, but that's my favorite. 
Oh, absolutely. In terms of classic Trek, I mean, when I was a kid, I used to watch, um, uh, I think it was uh, The Voyage Home, uh, Star Trek Four, very often. Um, because it was, it was a fun, you know, time travel story and, and the, the humpback whales and everything that was, that was fascinating as a kid, like, oh my gosh, a giant tube in space that talks whale. This is amazing. <laughs> but my mom always would tell me, you know, William Shatner was your, was your real father. And I'm like, yeah, okay, mom, sure. <laughs> but to this day, she's like, no, really William Shatner was your real father. And I'm like, I don't believe that. <laughs> but um oh you know what i've really been enjoying uh the last season of star trek discovery uh okay. i i thought they they took something that that started out a little bit slow and they turned it into something completely amazing i really enjoyed that and at the same token i was like you know we've got amazing star wars on tv with the mandalorian we've got really good star trek on tv what mm -hmm. what universe is this? What is happening? Right. <laughs> um, so my inner geek has has obviously been enjoying the heck out of it, and now we've got Wandavision and Marvel TV, and uh, yeah, there's there's so many exciting things that are that are coming out, and my inner geek is just uh, rejoicing. I don't know if you can tell, this is a massive Transformers collection behind me. <laughs> I, I was no I was noticing and uh, slightly drooling. <laughs> Excuse me, wiping my my chin. That's why. Yeah, so so I, I love all things geek, and and with my buddy uh, Justin Champagne, uh, we've done many films together. We did a, a series of ninjas versus movies. We did three of those: ninjas versus zombies, ninjas versus vampires, and ninjas versus monsters. And we decided to do a funumentary, not a documentary, but a funumentary called Trek Off the Motion Picture. And this was based off of a potty mouthed uh, Star Trek podcast that uh, Justin and his co-host Alexia. Uh, put on and this is where they would go to conventions and interact with with uh, other fans and you know people who were cosplaying and stuff like that we even threw a Star Trek themed burlesque show uh, in which I was the host and that was so much fun so yeah it 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 runs through my veins the the Klingon blood <laughs> runs through my veins <laughs> for honor of course or as some people don't even know Deef Dork has Muzma <laughs> that's live long and prosper in Vulcan there you go nice <laughs> I was one of those that did not know that I'm like I'm sure I'll find out later with him, but okay <laughs> at first I was like that's not Klingon so what is it <laughs> I'm over here well, it's all about how you say it if, if you say it with logic Deep Dork has Muzma or Deep Dork has Muzma <laughs> Yeah, I'm over here writing down the, the timestamp so I can go, okay, we're going to have to look that up and figure out that <laughs> So as the voice actor of Starscream in several of the Transformers games, and there's been many adaptations, I would say, of Transformers, which adaptation do you think was like your favorite? Oh, I mean, you got to go with the OG. Uh, Chris, Chris Lotta from the 80s, also the voice of Cobra Commander uh, yes. for G.I. Joe. I mean, that that high pitched, screechy voice was so memorable and and so iconic. And it's it's been one of my joys to actually know uh, his daughter. I'm very good friends with his daughter, uh, Abby, and uh, she's part of my comedy voiceover troupe, The Green Giraffes. So it's it's amazing to kind of come full circle and do the voice of this iconic character and know the people uh, uh, behind the scenes. 
So, yeah, you got to go with the OG Chris Lotta. But I will say I'm also a huge fan of uh, Steve Bloom and his iteration for Transformers Prime. Mm. Uh, I, I just I love that man's voice. And he brought so much nuance uh, and interesting vocalizations to the character. Tom Kenny, of course, an amazing yeah. star screen for Transformers animated. Right. Uh, Frank Todaro, who's currently doing it for the War for Cybertron uh, trilogy on Netflix. Mm. I mean, there's been so many amazing, amazingly talented people, but those are the ones that really stick out in my mind. What about the Beast Wars version? Well, Beast Wars <laughs> was not... There was only one instance where Starscream was there, and that's when he possessed Waspinator right. uh, for, for an episode. And uh, so that was... Was it Doug Parker? I'm, for, I'm forgetting the name of the actor who did Terror Sore. I think it was Doug Parker. Um Forgive me if I'm screwing that up, but yeah, he he also doubled as Starscream. He did his version of Starscream, right. uh, possessing Waspinator. Oh, poor Waspinator. <laughs> like how Nick tries tripping you up, and you're like, no, 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 we're just gonna go with this. Here it is. <laughs> <laughs> I just I, I wish I remembered his name in the moment because that that frustrates me. Uh, no, I think we're all just impressed that you knew exactly what he's talking about and how much. All right, so. All right, so let's talk a little bit about inspiration because when we talk to people who are, are creative, like you are, you are a creative person with the way you use your voice. Oh, and, and, yeah. Exactly. And the abilities to use your voice in the ways that you do. Uh, but every career path, there's typically a story about how somebody got into that line of work because and why they wanted to do it. So for you, who or what was your inspiration for wanting to be a voice actor? Well, it's, a, it's an amazing segue because we were just talking about Beast Wars, uh, which came out in 1996. And I was probably about 16 when, when that came out. And uh, of course, obviously, I've loved Transformers forever since I was a little kid. Uh, the, the original animated movie in 1986 was the first movie I ever uh, saw in a theater. And of course, watched Optimus Prime die. <laughs> um, so, so Still too soon, Daniel. Still too soon. I know, right? <laughs> Spoilers. Spoilers, Optimus Prime dies. Uh, Dumbledore dies. Um, so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, so Beast Wars, I was fascinated with the voice talent on Beast Wars because I realized, I just, I was just browsing like the, the, the credits one time and I'm like, wow, the, these people, I'm looking them up and like Scott McNeil was doing like four or five different voices in that show and they were all unique. And, you know, uh, uh, David Sobolov, David Kay, all of whom are some of my greatest friends and mentors now. Ian James Corlett as Cheetor, Alec Willows as Tarantulas. I, I mean, Blue Mancuma as, as Tigatron. I could just, I could go on and on. I was a genuine fan of the voice cast on that show. And it was the first time I realized I had an epiphany. Voice acting is a job. That's a job you can have. <laughs> I want that job. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, look, I grew up loving Mel Blanc, Clarence Ducky Nash, uh, June Foray, Dawes Butler. I mean, all the all the classic voice actors uh, uh, from Looney Tunes and Hanna-Barbera. That was that was gold to me when I was a kid. But I never made the connection that those were people associated with that. So as soon as I matured and realized, okay, these are actors, but this is also a job that you can pursue. I was like, wow, why not me? Why not me? So, um, you know, I, I pursued a musical theater degree at the time. As soon as I got out of high school, I mean, I was a 
thespian in high school. I did all the school shows. I was in the Shakespeare troupe and uh, I loved the performing arts. So I meandered from theater to film, to film production, to film writing, just so that I could act on camera. And then eventually I discovered voice acting and it was through Transformers that I started to have those opportunities. I uh, put on a character voice so that I could interview other voice actors. I played a little Cybertronian named Rook and he would welcome people to AllSpark Radio and we would have conversations <laughs> with the other voice actors. And it was so much fun. And I got to play with these individuals and kind of discover that they were like my tribe. Like these people were like me. Not just they have the same interests, but like we're all kind of the same weird. And, and, and I gravitated towards that. So I would go to conventions and I would meet them in person. And I just loved the people that they were and how talented they were. And um, yeah, eventually I just said, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. Uh, so I, I would just do small jobs here and there. I would do phone you know, messages for friends or, you know, some corporate things here and there. I did some radio commercials where I did a terrible Gilbert Gottfried impression. It was like my singer Subaru. It was a crazy car commercial. And it was, you know, not a spot on Gilbert, but it was just an approximation. But that I've was heard, my first paid gig. I've heard so much worse as, as Gilbert Gottfried uh, impression. <laughs> and that was actually pretty good. It doesn't matter how good it is. It just matters. How often you do it? There you go. <laughs> you are repeating Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, oh God! <laughs> so, so <laughs> Fifty Shades Generator dot com. Don't 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 visit that. Um, so, yeah, I I just I discovered voiceover was something that I always wanted to do, and when I had an opportunity to move to Los Angeles, I had to make a decision, and that was you can do everything. Uh, and maybe succeed, or you can focus on one thing and give it your all and see what happens. And I said, voiceover, let's try voiceover. I'm going to give myself five years. I'll see what happens. And so far, so good. <laughs> what would be some pointers that you would give to somebody about trying to get into voice acting? Oh, absolutely. Um, well, first of all, I think it's important to understand your instrument. Um, I do teach workshops on occasion. In fact, I have one tomorrow that I'm putting on where I teach people how to discover their voice, what it is that they're inherently good at. Because I think if you have a general interest in voiceover, uh, it's important to laser focus and say, this is what I'm good at. This is what I'm going to market myself for. And then hopefully have success with that. So discovering your instrument, number one, uh, doing funny voices isn't a good prerequisite for getting into voiceover. Uh, it requires some small business knowledge, being able to market yourself, being able to network. But even before that, the prerequisites are acting, improvisation. You must train as an actor. Um, so, you know, like I just said, it's not just about doing funny voices. You have to fully embody a character, their highs, their lows, their in-betweens, their nuance. And if you can just do a silly voice and it's one note, it just it won't work. So right. it's very important to create characters and to really use those tools as an actor to bring them to life. So study acting, study improvisation, uh, discover your instrument, and then also check out a website called IWantToBeAVoiceActor.com. That's D. Bradley Baker's website that he set up for people who are Excellent. curious about voiceover and is a great resource for anybody, beginner, intermediate uh, to advanced. 
Awesome. Excellent. Okay. So let me ask you this. Um, you know, we're thinking about, you know, we're talking about you being a, a voice actor and all these things. And we talked about being about the ages. Exactly. Uh, uh, when you got to be about the age of 16, you, you said you realized that this, this is what you wanted to kind of like start heading towards. So up until that point, up until about the age of 16, what did little Daniel Ross want to be when he grew up before a he discovered dinosaur. that? A dinosaur. <laughs> Um, the, the Daniel Soros. I, I, I always enjoyed the performing arts. I always had it in my mind that I was going to be an actor of some kind or somebody that would be in a position to make other people laugh. That's that's one of my joys is, okay. is to, to, to make people smile and to have an emotional resonance. Uh, for me, going to the movies and seeing the same proscenium filled with a different story uh, or going to the theater and seeing something different every single time was magic to me. And being able to influence others and teach people lessons and show them things that they may never experience in their lifetimes uh, was, was something that was uncomparable to me. So I saw that and I, and I wanted to be a part of that. Um, so yeah, that was the initial magic of, of film and TV and theater to me. And again, I just, I didn't realize voiceover was a thing until much later. Um, it's one thing to say it and be like, oh yeah, this is acted by this person. It's like, yeah, sure, okay. But then you realize this is a job, oh my gosh. But I used to impersonate my teachers, my friends, my parents. I used to get all kinds of trouble, prank phone calls up the wazoo. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, younger me was a, was a mischief maker. Nice, all right. All right. So some of the funniest things tend to come from a mashup of some sort. Um, so which of your voices would you like to see thrown into another sci-fi universe? And what voice and what universe would you like to see those two collide in the Hydron Collider thing? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I mean, I would love to see an evil Lucky the Leprechaun. I mean, how, how like a mirror, mirror universe Lucky the Leprechaun. Like, I, I don't what would he even say? Uh, <laughs> like, he usually says, they're magically delicious. But maybe he would say, like, they're magically nutritious. I, I don't know. <laughs> He's got, like, an eye patch and, like, you know, like, foot. <laughs> yeah, he's no longer lucky. He's not. He's now hard luck. You know. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. So every job has its perks, has its benefits. Now, for instance, in this job, I get to talk with cool content creators like you and about sci-fi and nerd stuff. And for me, that's awesome. I love having these conversations with people, uh, you know, people who have enriched my life in, in so many ways. And so for me, this is awesome. And my, I also, I also uh, another podcast called Focused on Forward, and I get to talk to people who are overcoming uh, life issues and, and see how they're moving past them and, and, you know, and be impacted and inspired by these powerful stories that people have. Um, but for you and what you do, what is, would you say, if somebody says, why do you like voice acting? What is the biggest perk of your job? The thing that you enjoy the most that if you talk to people about being an actor or a voice actor, whichever way, that this is what you highlight. I think for me, the the first of all uh i i love to work doing what i love uh 
being my own boss, running my own small business, that is so liberating and wonderful uh, and, and rare in some instances because, you know, we, life happens and, it, and it's hard to chase your dreams when, when life happens. But sometimes, you know, if, if you sacrifice and you are able to be resilient, uh, you can do the things that you want to do. And I always tell people, chase your dreams. There's no better moment than now. Uh, to, to say yes to the things that you want to do. And that can be very hard to do. That can be very hard to do. But for me, I, I love the, when I'm performing, when I'm in front of the microphone, I love the expulsion of energy to create these characters. I love exhausting myself, uh, being fully immersed in a character and bringing that to life. But what I've discovered later through the process, because I'm in my bubble here, you know, I go, I wake up, I do my job, I eat, I go to sleep. I mean, you know, that's the world these days, but, um, you know, I, I'm in my bubble here. So the piece that I've really gotten to enjoy is remembering the young fan inside of me that was glued to the TV, watching Saturday morning cartoons, watching the real Ghostbusters, you know, Ghostbusters, Thundercats, Transformers, (laughs) B.I. Joe, you know, uh, Channel the Holograms, all of those things. And, and having that sense of nostalgia and that anchor to my childhood is something that's so special to me. So when I meet people and I meet other voice actors and it's like, you voiced that thing that was so special to me <laughs> and thank you for this. I, I'm starting to be on the other side of that now. And that brings me so much joy to, to be able to make this world just a little bit of a better place, you know, through, through what I do for a living. I, I can't think of anything else I'd rather be doing. And again, to, to, to see those smiles, to make people laugh. I mean, one of the joys of being, you know, the voice of Donald Duck is, you know, making little kids smile and laugh. And, you know, that, that just fills me up inside. So I remember where I was in my innocence and in my youth. And I see that in the newer generations and to be a, a part of that, to facilitate that just it's again magic to me it fills me up inside mm-hmm. that's cool i like it so music plays a vital role um whether it's a movie a broadway show it has a huge influence on many different cultures so like what sci-fi movie would you like to see as a musical adaptation Ooh, i love this question Ah. Uh... Doctor Who. Doctor, I would love a song called It's Bigger on the Inside Than the Outside. Uh, 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 Oh, man. Yeah, Doctor Who, definitely. Uh, I'd be pushing the limits if I said Battlestar Galactica, but I still think that would be fun. Um, Sounds of Silence. Sounds of Silence, yeah. I mean, if we if we got King Kong the musical, like why why can't we do some of these other SpongeBob the musical? Uh, why why can't we do some of these other things? Um, sure, I would love to see Transformers the musical, uh, just because I'm a Transformers fan. <laughs> I, I mean, the list could go on. Thundercats, let's do Thundercats. Let's oh, give them a musical. All I can picture now is the Decepticons <laughs> in like a West Side Story. When you're a Decepticon, you're a Decepticon all the way. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's the first place my head went to. That's there's an energon goodie for me. 
somewhere in the jungle for me. That's right. All right. <laughs> oh boy, we're never gonna live any of that down. Okay, so uh, <laughs> one last question for you before we get to the fun part of our show. We have a quiz. <laughs> so uh, just one, one question that just kind of popped up in my head. And now we've talked about some of the things that you've done, voiceover work and, and the, all these things. So aside from the jobs that you have already done, the characters that you have already portrayed, is there one that's kind of like the, the one that you reach for the top shelf, get your hand caught in the cookie jar that I wish I could do this one? Absolutely. I, I mean, look, I just want to work. <laughs> so so that that is always the, the goal. But uh, initially it was like Tom and Jerry and I've okay. been working on Tom and Jerry now for, for the past several years. So that's a dream come true. Awesome. Uh, I would love to be a character in Looney Tunes, not even oh, sure. one of the main characters, just like a random obscure character that they bring back from like 50 or 60 years ago. Like that would be a dream come true for me. Um, I think, you know, something with uh, any of the Hanna-Barbera properties, Scooby-Doo, um, you know, like, gee, Scoob, which way did he go? I don't know, Raggy. Nice. <laughs> I love to do any of those characters. Uh, of course, not the ones that are currently spoken for, but anything, anything in those universes would be incredible to me. What about I'm... Street Sharks? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, my God. Street Sharks, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Ghostbusters. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Any of those, please. I just time to bring. Work. Can I please work? <laughs> <laughs> it's time to bring back Space Ghost. Ghost, so, Ghost, yes. Yes. All right. So I, I did say we have a quiz for you. All so right. what we do, we like to we like to do this with every single one of our guests. I hope I win. We hope you do too. <laughs> so there's five questions. If you get three of the questions right, we will send you this lovely red shirt widows and orphans coffee mug. Ooh. Okay. If you get four questions right, we will send you the book called Custodians of the Cosmos. It's written by the, our founder of our group, uh, Drayton Allen. It's loosely based on Star Trek. And it's the, the story of a man who could not make it into the Federation. So he decided to become a janitor on their ship to boldly clean up after those who boldly just went. So, <laughs> I love the premise. And now, however, out of those five questions, should you fail and not get at least 30% of them, or three correct, there has to be, we like to call it a fun sequence. That's 60%, okay. Tim. What's, yeah, I know. I said if he doesn't get the 60%, if he only gets two out of out of the five, 40%. Don't make me do math on a, on a Saturday, Nick. It's not fair. So anyway. Um, is this going to be a whole like, what is your name? What is your quest? What is the average velocity of a swallow? Like, I, I, I African can't. or European? You're African or European. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> What's your favorite color? Blue. I mean, green. Ah! So anyway, uh, no. So if, if you if you only get two questions right, we take your picture, we make a meme out of you. Um, if you get three right, we, get you, we send you the coffee mug. If you get four right, we give you the mug and the book. Okay? Yeah. All right. It's going to depend on the meme, but let's 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 uh, crack the knuckles and see what we got. It'll it'll be it'll be very tastefully done. If you have any questions on how that how that works, I'll shoot you the link to our Dan All Pavenmeyer of my episode. moods are tasteful. All of them are tasteful. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, this quiz is a Disney trivia quiz. Oh boy. So, so, from what I understand, you like Disney Disney trivia. Absolutely. Who doesn't? All right. So, Hopefully, these are only 
of medium strength. We'll find out. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead, Nick. What year did did Disneyland open? Uh, I, I, uh, oh, oh, by man. the way, real quick, oh, Daniel, I, I forgot to tell you, these are multiple choice. Oh, oh, good. Oh, good. Okay. Every question is multiple choice. 1955, 1965, or 1958? Um, I'm going to say 1965. You are off by a decade. Don't! <laughs> <laughs> I jumped to my conclusion too fast. I was like, when was the 50th year? When was the 50th year? Uh, that, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, no worries. All right, we still got, you still got chances to, to get some more here. All right, so in the movie Cinderella, which one of the following is not one of the names of Cinderella's stepsisters? Is it Anastasia, Priscilla, or Drizella? Anastasia. No, it's Priscilla. What? Yeah, Anastasia and Drizella are the are the stepsisters. Priscilla is no. was married. Priscilla was married to Elvis. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> well, there's one one glass slipper down. All right, come on, let's let's add some more defeat. Right. Let's, let's run it in. Where does Mike Wazowski take his girlfriend Celia for her birthday dinner in Monsters Inc? Was it Carpenters, R. Baker's, or Harry Husens? Or Harry? I'm gonna say Harry Husens. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Huzzah! Well, considering that it was Monsters Inc., those are all uh, the names of monster makers in Hollywood movies: Harry Housen, John Carpenter, Rick Baker. So, all right. This so the streak is broken. That's right. We got one. All right. So, what's the name of the circus in the 1941 animated film Dumbo? Was it WDP Circus, Cricket Circus, or Baloo's Circus? Give me the options again. WDP Circus, Cricket Circus, or Baloo's Circus? WDP. That's right. It stood for Walt Disney All Production. Right. All right. All right. Here's your chance to get the mug. Or the meme. <laughs> <laughs> Mum, mug, 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 mug or meme. This should be a show. Way, way to be the sunshine there, Nick. I'm like, here's your chance to get the mug. No, you're getting a meme. <laughs> <laughs> Who composed the music for Toy Story? Randy Newman, John Williams, or Danny Elfman? Uh, uh, first one. Randy Newman, correct. All right. You got a friend in me. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you got a friend. That's terrible. Impression. All right. So you have you have won yourself a coffee mug. It's not a meme. That's right. So the, the I gave to the red shirt widows and orphans coffee mug. Our our logo, the funny science fiction logo is on the back side of it. I apparently have the old one. You Fantastic. Have, you have <laughs> the old one. Yes. Goodness, it's not a meme where I get to be like, yeah, her. <laughs> well, if you want to see what the memes look like, if you look at the Dan Povenmire episode that we released a couple weeks back, you'll get to see him um, doing this. Oh, I oh. take it he did not do well with his trivia challenge. Not if he got a meme, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was a good sport about it, though. He was a real good sport. Dan, uh, Dan was a lot of fun to have on the show. So. I, I look forward to that mug. Thank mm -hmm. you so much. 
And we'll probably still send you uh, the book as a consolation prize, seeing as you're oh, kind of a Trekkie. So definitely. Oh my yeah. goodness. Thank you. No so. problem. All right, Daniel. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. Where can people go to find out more about your work? Oh, that is such an excellent question. Um, well, folks, you can find me across social media under actor Daniel Ross. Again, that's actor Daniel Ross. Uh, and uh, yeah, my website is actordanielross.com. I'm on TikTok. Uh, come, come have fun with my shenanigans on there. We do a lot of physical comedy and character stuff and interact with the fans doing some Donald stuff as well. So that's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, that's the best way to get a hold of me. Social media, actor Daniel Ross. And TikTok is, yeah, TikTok is where I found you. And that's, that's where I've had yeah. fun with you, inter- interacting with you <laughs> on there. I love TikTok so much. I've had so much fun with TikTok. I think my favorite is uh, Karen Hunter. <laughs> Yes, the Karen Hunter. Perhaps it's a mega Karen that sent you. All right. Well, we will be sure to place those links in our description so people are able to find you. All right. And guys, we want to remind you, too, that subscribing is the single most important thing that you can do to ensure that we get more amazing guests like Daniel Ross today and funny moments for you to listen to. So please subscribe. It's going to help more than we can ever really describe to you. And we want to make sure that you do go to actordanielross.com to check out the rest of Daniel's amazing work and all the cool voice actor uh, acting jobs that he has done over the years. Because I'll tell you what, you're going to be surprised. Uh, there's going to be some that go, I didn't know he did that because that was me. So, <laughs> but we also want to remind you too, that if you're not happy with the content of, of today's video, all you have to do is submit your complaint to, to our complaint department, which will, of course will be referred to its director. Megatron, who will ignore your pleas for mercy unless you're in possession of highly useful information against his fight with, or in his fight rather, against Optimus Prime. Or perhaps if you have the all spark. (laughs) (laughs) That would help. All right. All right. Well, thanks again, Daniel. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Hope to do it again. Everybody, subscribe to their channel. Do it. Do it now. I like this guy. We're going to keep him around. All right. So, (laughs) all right. Goodbye, everyone. (laughs) Thank you for watching. On behalf of the rest of the hosts of Funny Science Fiction, we'd like to thank you for listening to this episode. If you'd like to be a guest on one of our future episodes, please contact us by means of our Facebook group, Funny Science Fiction. You can find us on Twitter or Instagram using the handle at Funny Sci-Fi, or you can go to DraytonAllen.com and click the contact me link at the bottom of the page. Thanks again. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Copyright 2020 by Original music by Jordan Michaels. Reference to any specific product or entity mentioned in this podcast does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation of or by funny science fiction or its sponsors. The views expressed by guests are their own and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. If you have questions about this disclaimer, please contact us via email at DraytonAllen at DraytonAllen.com.